the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. According to reports from South Korea, North Korea prepares for a new nuclear test. A nuclear test would be dangerous. It would be deeply destabilizing uh, to, uh, to the region. More violence over abortion. A fourth pregnancy center is firebombed. And, you know, protests in front of a business instead of destroying that business. Global markets are down as inflation surges. Joe Biden's inflation has created an economy of haves and have-nots. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, June 14th. I'm Mike Scott. South Korea's top diplomat, Park Jin, said Monday that North Korea has completed preparations for a new nuclear test and that only a political decision by the country's top leadership can prevent it from going forward. Apart from sanctions, Park did not say what that price the North would pay or outline the deterrence policy or how that would change. But Antony Blinken, Secretary of State for the United States, is saying the U.S. and treaty allies, like South Korea and Japan, will adjust their military postures in response. After talks with Secretary of State Blinken in Washington, South Korean foreign ministry members, including Jin, said the North will pay that price if it goes ahead, as feared, with what would be its seventh nuclear test in the coming days. At a news conference with Korea, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. wants North Korea to begin to engage in diplomatic talks again. We continue to seek the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. And let me emphasize that the United States has absolutely no hostile intent toward the DPRK. We're open to dialogue without preconditions. Blinken says the U.S. wants North Korea to do the right thing for the region. Our goal, simply put, is a peaceful and stable region and world. Until the regime in Pyongyang changes course, we will continue to keep the pressure on. And to Blinken, that means North Korea should refrain from conducting another nuclear test. A nuclear test would be dangerous. It would be deeply destabilizing uh, to, uh, to the region. It would blatantly violate international law, uh, as set out in multiple United Nations Security Council resolutions. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says Turkey does have legitimate concerns over terrorism and other issues that need to be taken seriously. Turkey has accused Finland and Sweden of backing Kurdish militants and says it will not back the two Nordic nations joining NATO until they change their policies. Speaking at a joint news conference with the president of Finland, Stoltenberg stressed that no other NATO ally has suffered more terror attacks than Turkey. 
and pointed to its strategic geographic location with neighbors like Iraq and Syria. After decades of military non-alignment, Russia's war in Ukraine is pushing Finland and Sweden to apply to join NATO, and they did so in May. At a news conference, NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg says Sweden is adapting its policies to try and ease Turkey's concerns. I welcome that Sweden has already started to change its counterterrorism legislation and that Sweden will ensure that the legal framework for arms export will reflect their future status as a NATO member with new commitments to allies. Stoltenberg indicates that it is a positive step that Sweden is ready to address some of Turkish security's fears. I'm glad that you, Prime Minister, uh, confirmed the Swedish government's readiness to address Turkey's concerns as part of assuming the obligations of future NATO membership. Over the weekend in Gresham, Oregon, pro-abortion terrorists firebombed a pregnancy resource center that offers maternal care and information to expecting mothers. According to reports, authorities believe that an incendiary device was hurled through the window. That device then lit a fire that wrecked only one room in that facility because the alarm system promptly alerted fire personnel and police. A window here was completely taken out, and there's another cracked window on the other side of that building, but most of the damage is inside. It all happened just after 2.30 this morning before the Gresham Fire Department was able to get that fire out. It did cause some significant damage to a large portion inside. Thankfully, nobody was hurt and nobody was inside the building when it happened. I spoke with a few neighbors off camera and one told me the fire woke him up. Another neighbor said they didn't know about it and that they slept through the whole thing. An employee at Nana's Place, located across the street from that facility, says it's devastating to the community. It does feel uncomfortable that it's within uh, sight. I think it's sad. I think it's sad. We can go out and pick it and, and, you know, protest in front of a business instead of destroying that business. I think that's, that's terrible. According to a local newscast, federal agencies are now involved. Even may potentially have political motivations behind it. So far, we don't know if the building was broken into before the fire began. ATF and FBR are now involved in this investigation, and if the suspect or suspects are found, they could be facing federal charges. This is the latest in a string of similar attacks since the surprise leak of a draft Supreme Court majority opinion that projected the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Last week, pro-abortion arsonist firebombed a pro-life Christian pregnancy center in Buffalo, New York, inflicting significant damage on the building, vandalizing the remains with a message, Jane was here. That references the organization Jane's Revenge, which ultimately claimed responsibility for the terror attack. It comes as pro-choice and pro-abortion protesters stage a blockade of streets near the U.S. Supreme Court on Monday with the knowledge that the court was scheduled to hand down an opinion. One case awaiting a decision is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. It deals with a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy, posing a direct challenge to the viability standards set by Roe. 
Guy Benson, Town Hall's political editor, joined Fox News to discuss the blockade and the attempt in lieu of the official decision of the court on Roe v. Wade. Imagine what would happen or could happen once that decision, in fact, is confirmed. We kind of know what's going to happen, we think, based on the leak. But once it's official, you'll get another round of just wild, over-the-top rhetoric. And I think that if the left is going to use the standards that they always try to use against the right, this would be or could be tantamount to incitement. That's their standard here. And I just want to make one more point, piggybacking off of something that Laura said about the news coverage of this. Here we have a guy angry at the jurisprudence of Justice Kavanaugh. He traveled across the country. He had an arsenal of weapons, a gun, a tactical knife, pepper spray, zip ties, duct tape, really scary stuff. He had this justice's home address. And he went there because he found it on the internet, because Kavanaugh and others have been doxxed by left-wing activists. The White House has still not condemned that, by the way. Benson goes on to highlight the radio silence from most media on the attempt on Justice Kavanaugh's life. He's now charged with attempted murder of a Supreme Court justice. The president has not said one word about this. And the press, we talked about the New York Times putting on an, what, A20 this week on the 20th page of the newspaper in the New York Times. This morning on the vaunted Sunday morning political shows, very DC-centric, all about politics, sort of these, these flagship programs, Fox News Sunday covered the assassination attempt. None of the others even mentioned it. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, not a mention of this on that program. I mean, that's sort of like in irredeemable territory, I would say, when it comes to the media. The the bias, bias doesn't quite cover it, honestly. Three recent developments indicate Democrats' already shaky political prospects are deteriorating further. A new poll suggests the party could be on track to experience an historic rout, worse than 1994 or 2010 in the midterm elections. One recent development is the president's approval rating, which has been historically a harbinger of the party's midterm performance. It's hit a new low this week. Just one-third, 35 percent of registered voters approve of President Biden's overall performance, while a majority, 56 percent, disapprove, according to Quinnipiac polling. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Benner joins us to go inside the numbers. Rasmussen reports daily presidential tracking poll for Monday shows that 38% of likely U.S. voters approve of President Biden's job performance, 60% disapprove. The latest figure includes 17% who strongly approve of the job Mr. Biden is doing and 50% who strongly disapprove. This gives him a presidential approval index rating of negative 33. At this point in his presidency, Donald Trump had an approval rating of 47%. 8% higher than Mr. Biden. Bernie Bennett reporting. Thousands of Californians are moving to Mexico due to the soaring cost of living in the Golden State. Americans taking advantage from the work-from-home lifestyle are reaping the benefits of U.S. salaries while living off Mexico's cheaper lifestyle. In 2021, over 360,000 people left California in what many are calling the California Exodus leaving for states like Texas, Arizona, and Washington. But a rising number of them are migrating out of the country altogether and instead heading south of the border. Today, more and more Americans are leaving the hustle and bustle of California for a relaxed, more affordable lifestyle in Mexico. 
California consistently ranks high as one of the country's most expensive states to live in. The median asking price for a home in California is about $797,470, which only 25% of these states' households can afford, according to fourth quarter data from 2021. California's population growth has been declining for about three decades. However, due to the rise in remote work, those trends have accelerated. The ability to work anywhere has 62% of Americans considering a move to a new country. These California citizens say they live in Mexico because now it fits in their budget. We were able to cut our budget in half, which allowed us to really focus on our careers and the things we wanted to do artistically without having to just like hustle and hustle and hustle every day, every week, every month to just meet the bare minimum. The exact number of how many Californians have relocated to Mexico have not been documented. But as of 2019, it was estimated that at least 1.2 million Americans live in that country. The National Rifle Association issued a statement Sunday after a bipartisan group of senators announced they had reached a breakthrough agreement on a gun and safety package. The group said, quote, the NRA is committed to real solutions to help stop violence in our communities. We encourage our elected officials to provide more resources to secure our schools, fix our severely broken mental health system and back law enforcement. End quote. This comes as a bipartisan group of senators released a framework bill that is aimed at curbing gun violence. Josh Krauschauer, the Against the Grain columnist at National Journal, joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss the Senate's proposed bill. The, the other big legislation that, that, that we're talking about over the weekend is the, 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 the gun, the mental health gun bill that, that both Chris Murphy and John Cornyn uh, negotiated. And the, the issue of mental health comes up pretty, pretty prominently in that legislation. There, there are some measures that would, uh, you know, expand, uh, you know, more rigorous background checks for people between the ages of 18 and 21. But the, the heart of it is these red flag laws, these, 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 these you know, the ways to kind of detect, especially among younger uh, Americans in that 18 to 21 age bracket, whether they have some issues. Krauschauer goes on to say that the bill will give both sides of the aisle a little bit of what they want. Yeah, you look at the outline. Again, it's not actual legislation. It's an outline, but there's a lot of bipartisan support. Ten Republicans, ten Democratic senators uh, signed on to it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of everything. There's some, some gun, gun rules, gun regulations, the red flag component, big there. You've got mental health funding, and you've got school safety uh, funding as well. So it gives, you, it gives everyone a little bit of everything. Global stock markets are falling. After May's U.S. inflation report reignited fears that central banks will be forced into aggressive monetary policy tightening. Friday's highly anticipated consumer price index report came in hotter than expected at 8.6 percent, resurfacing market concerns that action from the Fed and other central banks could risk tipping the economy into a recession. With more experts sounding the alarm over inflation and the Fed gearing up for even more aggressive action, economists are becoming increasingly convinced the economy will come to a grinding halt and then begin contracting soon. 
This will likely happen next year, according to a new survey of economic experts. Ed Morrissey is the senior editor at HotAir.com and host of The Ed Morrissey Show and says middle to low-income families will be hit the hardest. The rich may not be getting much richer in this massive inflationary wave, but the working class is most certainly getting poorer. The Associated Press and The Washington Post have both acknowledged that Joe Biden's inflation has created an economy of haves and have-nots. While the White House continues to spin consumer spending statistics, the spending patterns show increasing stratification. Wealthy households have continued to spend on luxuries, but working-class Americans have been forced to look for cheaper alternatives to staples in food and clothing, or go without. Big-box retailers have had to recalculate their projections as low-income households suffer most from the erosion of their buying power. We already knew that higher inflation levels act as a regressive tax. The latest economic data demonstrate that effect, and it also delivers a warning. The middle class is next, and in fact, is already starting to adjust purchasing decisions in light of higher prices. Joe Biden has done more to widen economic gaps than any president in the last 40 years. Jared Bernstein, a member of President Biden's Council of Economic Advisors, says he doesn't believe the White House missed much on inflation. He said that during CNBC's Squawk Box. I don't think the White House missed much uh, at all in the following sense. We have a team, and I I know you're pushing in a different direction, but I, I think looking forward, this is what's most important. We have a team of seasoned people here led by a president who believes that we have to do everything. We don't sit on our hands and hope that these forecasts for stable growth and inflation slowing down come true. I've never done more in my long career as a political economist to help on the economy supply side. I never thought about dwell times and containers in the ports. Head down, continue to do all we can to fight inflation. The fact that we have a, a highly competent group here working to do this is extremely different than just trying to spin things and say who got right what at what time. Our point is to move forward, do everything we can to help households, which includes, by the way, working with Congress. Bernstein emphasizes that Biden has made inflation a top economic priority and said that there's always something we can do. Meantime, inflation hit 8.6 percent in May, climbing to another 40-year high. An iconic fast food chain is no longer in Russia. But its replacement is now open to the public. We get the inside story from Daybreak Insider's George Williams. McDonald's halted operations in Russia last March after the invasion of Ukraine. Some of the franchises stayed open under Russian management. That was until last month when McDonald's sold its 850 restaurants to a Russian man who owned multiple outlets in Siberia. As for the new operation, its new name translates into English as Tasty period. Fifteen were set to reopen in Moscow this weekend, with hopes to have 200 open by the end of the month. Meanwhile, the company needs a new soft drink supplier when its limited stocks of Coca-Cola run out. George Williams reporting. Country music entertainer and singer Toby Keith announced Sunday he's been undergoing treatment for stomach cancer since last fall. The multi-platinum selling singer saying on Twitter he underwent surgery, received chemotherapy and radiation over the past six months. We get an update on Toby Keith's condition this morning with Oscar Wells Gabriel. I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years. 
Toby Keith has stomach cancer. A musician announcing on Twitter yesterday that he has been undergoing treatment for the disease since last fall. Keith says in the past six months he has undergone surgery for the stomach cancer and it has been followed up with chemotherapy and radiation. The Oklahoma native who turns 61 next month says right now so far so good, but he says he does need time now to breathe, recover, and relax. I'm Oscar Wells Gabriel. And finally, the head of NASA says he believes accounts of UFOs. And he has commissioned an eight-month inquiry to investigate hundreds of unexplained sightings. Bill Nelson, the former space shuttle astronaut and U.S. senator, said he had personally talked to two Navy pilots who saw numerous flying objects back in 2004 and had turned over the investigation to NASA's top scientist. Thomas Zerbuchin, NASA's Associate Administrator for Science, says... This is what we do at NASA. This is not our first rodeo. We discover and explore many, many things in ways that, uh, frankly, at the beginning look almost like a miracle, and then as we go forward, looks like something new we never would have guessed. NBC's Gabby Swartz explains that this study comes after the first congressional hearings on UFOs. It all comes just weeks after Congress held its first public UFO hearing in half a century, following hundreds of unexplainable sightings by the military in restricted airspace. And while most of those are expected to remain classified, including at least 11 near misses with military jets, more everyday Americans baffled by what they've seen are now hoping NASA could soon provide more public answers. When asked if he believes in intelligent extraterrestrial life, Zerbuchin had this to say. I'm a scientist, and uh, if somebody asks me, is this extraterrestrial lie? Frankly, at this moment in time, the simple answer is the right one, which is I don't know. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.